Welcome, and thank you for tuning in to the Shining Scholar Education Podcast, where we talk about secondary English and language arts tips, strategies, and resources. We'll also share the ups and downs in the wonderful world of teaching. I'm your host, Charlie, and I'm a teacher creator here with Shining Scholar Education. We hope you enjoy the show. Welcome back, my friends, and thank you for tuning in. This is part two of the best inspirational fictional stories for teachers, hoping to inspire you to become a better teacher and just keep on growing and improving. Also, make sure to subscribe to the podcast, because coming up here in the next few weeks, we'll have part two of COVID-19 stories, your stories from quarantine, as well as an episode on homeschooling tips and resources for parents that were initiated as teachers during this COVID-19 quarantine. I know that can be a little overwhelming, so we've collected a few resources, some of the best from the internet, and we'll be presenting them to you soon. And please share this with anyone, whether they're teachers or not, that might find this helpful. Now, on to the stories. This next one I'll call The Buddha and Destruction. The Buddha was once threatened by a bandit with a sword. And before he was about to be killed, the Buddha said, give me one last wish. And so the bandit says, sure, why not? Just cut off that branch of the tree, please, Buddha asks. And the bandit easily cuts off the branch. What now, says the bandit. And the Buddha says, put it back together again. And the bandit cracks up laughing. You're crazy to think that someone could do that. And the Buddha responded, quite the contrary, you are the one that's crazy. To think that it is mighty to be the one that can wound and destroy. That is a task of children. The mighty know how to create and heal. What I took from this story was, it's easy to put others down. It's easy to get on that negativity train and just say, oh, this is pointless, or that student's beyond help, or that teacher is just a bad teacher. Whatever the case may be, what kind of difference will we make in our lives and their lives? Even if just once, where we see something that's beyond repair in our eyes, but we approach it in the sense of being mighty like the Buddha quotes in that story. To be able to heal and create versus destroy and wound. That's a powerful message, I think. This next one's one of the greatest ones that I've had memorized and I've told countless students uh, probably, you know, ad nauseum. It doesn't really have a title, but I'll call it The Master and the Gift of Hate. So one day, while Buddha and his followers were meditating in the forest, there was a great warrior that came and wanted to confront the Buddha. He was undefeated and he challenged Buddha by insulting him. He was very keen. He could find people's weaknesses and then exploit them and finish them off and win. So he was undefeated. When he finally approached the Buddha, he threw dirt and he tried to insult him. And the Buddha just calmly stood there. And then the young warrior kept hurling insults. You're a phony. You're a charlatan. In front of his followers, he was degrading the Buddha. And the Buddha just calmly stood there and took it very quietly. Finally, the young warrior tired himself, and he realized he had been defeated because the Buddha wasn't being affected by anything that he was saying. So in embarrassment, the young warrior takes his leave. A little while later, one of Buddha's followers asks him, how could you stand there and be degraded like that and be insulted in front of all of us? And the Buddha says, if someone approaches you with a gift and you do not receive it, To whom does the gift belong? So first of all, it's pretty cool that he answers with a question. So he's helping the follower answer his own question by figuring out the answer to that riddle, right? If somebody comes with a gift of hate, 
and you refuse to accept it, it still belongs to them. Like that saying, it takes two to tango? Kind of in that same vein. I don't think we as teachers have a superhuman ability to control our temper, especially when that student knows just what to do to get under your skin. We're all going to lose it sometimes. But what I've learned and what I've forced myself to reflect on is, how many times have I lost it to where it could have been avoided? If somebody comes at you with fire in their voice and they're just livid, how is it going to help the situation if you come back with even more gasoline and expect to put out the fire? You're going to make it bigger and worse. And I'm not saying teachers have to reach that level of monk-like peacefulness inside to where nothing gets to them and they don't react to anything in their life. No, that's unrealistic and probably pretty boring. All I'm saying is I force myself to reflect on more times when I've lost it to where it didn't have to escalate to that level, only because I chose to engage and put more gas on the fire and then wonder how it gets out of control. This next story has some specifically deep meaning for me as the host of this podcast where it emphasizes the message versus the messenger. We'll just call it the message versus the messenger. Like the other ones, it doesn't have a title. So this one involves a Zen master telling a story about a town that was going to be attacked by an army. It's kind of like a Paul Revere type thing with the British are coming. So this messenger got word that there will be an invasion in the morning. And so he told everyone in the town they were able to prepare and they were able to successfully fend off the invading army in the morning. Well, everyone rallied around this messenger and treated him like a hero. After all, he brought in the warning. They loved him so much that they elected a mayor. But in a short amount of time, they realized he was inept at running the town. And he was sent away in disgrace. So the lesson here would be, the message is always more important than the messenger. Perhaps we give too much credit to the messenger when all they did was deliver the message. And it re-emphasizes in the last few lines of the story, you are the messenger, not the message. You are just like everyone else. And in a sense, this is kind of humbling because this is one teacher on one mic with a laptop inside a closet. Yeah, it's inside a closet for soundproofing. That's what happens when you got a little one running around. It's not about me. Like I said in a previous podcast, this isn't my podcast. This is our podcast. And the messages of the amazing magical things that teachers do will continue after this podcast is long gone. And it's been on since before this podcast has started. So this is bigger than the messenger. I think as teachers, it's wonderful to celebrate the moments of victory, but also keep your feet on the ground. Realize that there are greater teachers out there than you, and you still have a lot to learn. That doesn't mean don't be proud of your accomplishments, because yes, you worked hard to earn those. But always remember to stay humble. It's something that I have to consciously remind myself. And last but not least, the lion and the ass. You might have to adjust that title if you have some slightly immature students to the lion and the donkey. And it's by Aesop. And as in classic Aesop form, he reveals so much and so little. So one day the lion's walking proudly through the forest. And as the king of the jungle, he has a lot of confidence. As he's walking, the animals move away, you know, and they show him respect as the king of the jungle. Until he hears a voice saying an insult. In a flash of anger, the lion turns around and he's ready to fight with all his might. But then, he realized who had said it and quietly walked on. He did not wish to honor the words of a fool with a strike of his paw. I think too many times in education, we stop 
to stroke our own egos, to preserve our own identity, to feed our insecurities or to try to hide them or make ourselves feel better. And I'm not saying I haven't done that. But when it's a fool saying foolish things, who's the real fool if that person decides to engage with a fool? There's a great quote that's attributed to Mark Twain, but who knows if that was really the original creator of the quote. But it says, never argue with stupid people. They will drag you down to their level and then beat you with experience. So, pick your battles. It also reminds me of a great quote by Winston Churchill that says, you'll never reach your destination if you stop and throw stones at every dog that barks. Some people, especially negative people, are just not worth your time and energy. There's a concept of energy residue that I heard somewhere along the podcasts that I listened to, and it brought up a very interesting point to the sense that if you watch negative things, if you're listening to negative things, you can mentally fortify yourself and protect yourself from a lot of the negativity, but also remember that we have a limited time of attention spans. That precious energy, that precious time, that bandwidth for your mind cannot be squandered, wasted on negativity with people that find problems to every solution. Now, don't get me wrong, too many people write them all off as a blanket statement saying, oh, they're just being haters, when they're really saying true things that we need to reflect on and improve. Nobody likes hearing their shortcomings. And I really believe that a great teacher is always a great student. No teacher ever reaches full knowledge. If anyone says, I know everything, that's a fool. It also reminds me of a quote by Gandhi saying, I will not let anyone walk through my mind with their dirty feet. So guard the gates of your mind from the negativity, especially, I don't know how it is with other fields and occupations, but I know teachers, if you have a few negative teachers, it'll bring down the energy of the room. And misery loves company. And I've been there where they're just bashing the school year and bashing the students and admin and parents and everything's just horrible. And I just kind of stay quiet. I'm not judging. I'm just reporting. And who am I to judge them? I haven't lived their experiences. Maybe they really face some serious conflicts. But I don't want that to taint my experience as an educator. Their path is not my path to walk and vice versa. So that concludes part two of the best fictional inspirational stories for teachers. I hope you enjoyed it. We'll be working on a part three here coming up shortly. We'll probably have a few episodes in between there. We hope you enjoyed these stories and hopefully at least reflected on something. Stories are always good for making one think. Please make sure to subscribe, like, and review the show. It really does help us. And send it to a friend. If you can think of three people that this might help, even just pick them up just a little bit. You'd be helping us out and you'd be helping them out. We'd really appreciate it. My friends, my teachers, have a great day. Make it a great day. This is your host, Charlie, signing off. Thanks again for listening. Thank you again for tuning in. And if you enjoyed the show, please like, subscribe, share, and consider leaving a review. It really does help. We make resources for teachers by teachers. Check us out at shiningscholareducation.com and at our Teachers Pay Teachers store as well. We'd love to hear from you, so email us at shiningscholareducation at gmail.com to share any questions or topics you'd like on the show. Thank you for all you do, teachers, and keep changing the world.